Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in and pull up a chair next to the fire. Looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me this week is Crofton Steers. How's it going, Crofton? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me back at the yep. Gamers Inn. Yeah, so Jocelyn is actually on the road this week. She's headed to DreamHack Montreal to hack some dreams. Uh, I know it's an esports competition. It's not a uh, Inception conference. So in Montreal, what what uh, is it? A bunch of games, or is it something they're playing in particular? Or what's uh, she there for? I have Hearthstone probably, and uh, yes. and uh, I, I would imagine they have some hero stuff. I know last year they went. They did some, they did some Rocket League. So I, I think a little bit of everything. I think DreamHack is one of those all-encompassing sort of esports thing. I honestly don't really know. Um, I'm not a you big. You did a good job person. of pretending, though. I wasn't pretending. I, I think I was just really good guessing. You know, like making yeah. some very educated guesses. But no, Jocelyn's at DreamHack. Uh, if you want to check out her tweets live from DreamHack, you can follow her at JossPlays. But of course, you're already following her. It's Jocelyn, and she's going to be tweeting about esports. What's not to love? So check that out. But for tonight, we've got a jam-packed show. Lots of cool stuff. we got some teases. we got some announcements. we got some great news to talk about. And of course, some video games. But first off, I want to kick off the show by talking about, yes, it is September your calendar is not lying to you, which means Extra Life is right around the corner. As you all know, we do Extra Life each and every year. This will be my ninth year, coming up on a decade. That's crazy. So Extra Life is where we play video games for 24 hours in support of Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world. Specifically, myself, I'll be playing for Sick Kids out of Toronto. I know Jocelyn does the same. We are still figuring out some details so we're gonna have more details soon but for now uh, you can go to bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2018 all lowercase check out the team you can donate to specific members who have already joined shout out to anna who's jumped on the team bandwagon thank you so much and i'm in there and jocelyn will be joining soon enough so go check that out is it it is an open team so if you want to play and do the 24 hours and raise money for your local hospital certainly check that out you're more than welcome on the gamers in team so first details not a whole lot of information for you but if you've enjoyed our past streams for charity you're gonna love this one because we are going to keep on trucking with this awesome stuff so that's what i got for extra life i don't know crofton do you want to stay up for 24 hours and play spider-man is that what you want to do to be honest, that does sound pretty good to me. I don't know if I could physically do it. I don't know if my wife would give me permission to do it. I don't know if my children would survive. But aside from that, yeah, it sounds pretty sweet. Is okay. it is it mostly a single player game to do, or do you guys do? Is it is it when you say a team thing? Is it going to be that you're all going to sort of play multiplayer games like Overcooked and that sort of stuff? Well, it's uh, that's a really great question. I think Extra Life is one of those things. It's more about the charity and raising money and then doing doing the 24 hours in exchange for everybody pledging their support. So by that logic, 
you can really play whatever game you like. Personally, for us, we play a lot of multiplayer games. It helps keep us awake. Um, but uh, it's it's also f- for the stream. We like to bring people on, do some audience participation, play games that we might not have played in a long time. Uh, but Overcooked 2 is certainly one of those ones that I'm sure will make it on the list as Jocelyn, I, and Josh have had a, a great time playing. And yeah, but there's no reason you couldn't play single-player games. I remember when I did my first Extra Life event it literally was an excuse to just play video games for 24 hours. I think I think I donated to... No, I can't remember. I think I donated to myself. And I just said, I'm, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to donate, and I'm not going to make a big deal, but I'm just going to do it. I think another video game website was doing it, and I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. And it's just gotten bigger and better since then. So Ryan um, didn't care about the children back then. It was all about the games. <laughs> he's now he has kids, he's matured. He's like, "Well, I should care about the sick kids too." Uh, I, I do that. I care about all uh children and yes, back then I I, I think I cared cuz I still did it. For if I did it just to play video games, I could have just not donated and and, and that's whatever. true because that was that's back true. in the day when I had the option to be like, "Maybe I do feel like playing video games for 24 hours." It was uh, I, I didn't have a job. I just graduated university, so uh, I was kind of in that limbo where you're just still working on, you know, just living off of savings from other loans and stuff, but don't quite have a job yet. It's that sweet spot we like to call, you know, ignorance is bliss. It's really great. One one game that might work, like like I I haven't played it, but mm-hmm. I know that you can play Divinity Two. Uh, four four players like it's a massive RPG, but like the big deal is like I was talking about playing it with some friends, and the idea is we're never going to carve out the time to be able to play it. But if you're going to play twenty four hours straight, you got you could all four of you just you know sit down and be like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna plow through this, get get real ahead in this this one game over the course of twenty four hours, you know? Yeah, I mean that does sound like hell. But it is for charity. I, I think playing one game for 24 hours, no matter what it is, even if it's Spider-Man, it might be a bit much. But <laughs> I don't know. that I, I would certainly play Divinity Original Sin 2 for, for a couple hours, you know, with, with friends on the stream. But I think that, it, you know, the first 12 hours are always fun. It's all fun, but the first the first twelve, 12 hours, <laughs> the first twelve hours are awesome, and then it starts to be like work. No, it's not work. It's uh, it's it's you wanting to go to sleep, but you can't because you said you would do it for twenty four hours. But we, I, I, every year we have these these. We'll obviously be talking a lot about extra life over the next two months, but each year we come up with more tricks and tools to 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 do the twenty four hours, and I, and I think. Um, we've gotten a pretty good hold on it, and I can only do it once per year. Like I think last year was actually pretty good, except for right near the end we were playing uh, PUBG, and I was just not having it. Like just really sour about everything. Didn't help that that game runs like garbage, and probably still does. And I'm sorry, folks, but I refuse to play PUBG. Uh, I'm glad Fortnite has kind of like eclipsed it because Fortnite actually runs on my computer. We are getting way off track, though. I want to talk about some video games we're playing right now. Not literally right now, but I will start with you, our guest, because you always bring, you always bring a VR title every time you're here. It's like, are you just trying, trying to? Are you the only one playing these games? Like, are you trying to keep the the hope alive here? What's going on? 
it's funny because when you were talking about extra life, I was kind of th- saying to myself, I was like, geez, you know, you'd want to cram like a VR game or something in there as well. Really? Because like whenever I play these VR games, I'm friggin' sweating, you know, like I'm just like, it's like exercise. And uh, I think the reason the reason that I put the VR games in there uh, when I'm I'm guessing is I know that uh, first I, I find they get criminally unappreciated by games media. And I understand how it's cyclical, like people click on the articles they're interested in and and then that creates the appetite for things. So if you go to gaming websites now, there's eight articles on Fortnite because there's a bunch of people playing it. I get it. And it's sort of self-fulfilling that way. VR is different. Like it's just it, it it's uh, still new. It's still niche. It's still fairly expensive, and um, but it's in danger almost. Like mm. it's it's in a situation where if people do not play these games or do not invest, then the gaming community will move on. And kudos to companies like Sony uh, and Oculus that are, that are still pouring money into this, despite, you know, profit margins that are probably pretty thin. So I always feel like it's my obligation to like bring to the table uh, a, a VR, uh, a VR game. And it helps that I've, I've been playing one that I want to talk about. Um, now the gaming question is Sirento VR and Sirento VR is essentially a ninja simulator. So you play it as a ninja first person. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the Oculus touch controllers and, um, and it's, it's like last time I was on the show, I talked about this game in death. Uh, and it is, um, it was sort of, I, we talked, you joked about the jankiness of all VR games and there, there is, a sizable amount of jank in Sirento VR. It's still, I guess, what you would consider early access or whatever. Costs about thirty bucks though, so not too expensive. And mm. uh, it's just, it's just crazy uh, how a it doesn't give you motion sickness. B makes you feel like an insane badass. And uh, and uh, three does this with fairly shitty graphics to be honest like um the game looks like uh you know those 3d first person shooters from the beginning of the uh, 2000s late 90s like the first deus ex uh quake 2 oh um what you know really? like well it looks like better than that but it's like it almost you know like it's made by an indie developer it looks like it looks like the graphics you look at the screen talk to be like this kind of looks shitty However, the gameplay is so good okay. that it really it really makes up for that. So it's uh, it's crazy because like just in a nutshell here, Ryan, you got your touch controllers. Mm-hmm. You can reach behind your back mm-hmm. and pull out a katana on each on each side, and it's like you know it's complete one one to one. Like you've got these swords and all this sort of stuff. You've got two guns. Oh, you're a cyber ninja. I forgot that. Oh, it's in the so. future. Wow. So. You got two guns on your side, like your uh, uh, your holsters, and then you can reach behind your back and pull out a semi-automatic gun. You can double and triple jump. You can slow down time, bullet bullet time style. And uh, the way the way that some of that works is that if you jump uh, and you slow down time, you can like chop chop dudes' heads off. And then if you land, your your guy lands in the game, and you in real life. It's a jump button to jump. If in real life you duck, um, 
your dude will like slide on his knees and then you can swipe and chop dudes on their knees and stuff like that. It's, it's really like the sensation when you're playing it, you're double jumping over a guy's head. You're looking down, you pull out your guns, you activate the bullet time, you're shooting them, you're wall running, you double jump over here. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's uh, video games are power fantasies by and large. A lot of them are. Um, and this is, I guess in a nutshell, the, ultimate power fantasy in terms of you know the Except virtual it's got aspect. Quake graphics yeah and the fact that that doesn't make a difference for a graphics whore like me is ridiculous so uh so like uh, that's it i i really was was um i was hovering over the buy button for a really long time all the reviews it said oh man this game is so fun and all this but i was like oh i don't know i don't know it looks like ass and then but then i then I, uh, I I got it and I played it and I finished the entire campaign, which is not, you know, the fact that it has a campaign, it has like wave modes and horde mm-hmm. modes and all that sort of stuff too. It's good. The story is garbage. Um, of course the, it is. Uh, the, the, uh, the level design is fairly garbage, um, but but the gameplay is just so silky smooth. And um, and, and it's, cra- it, it's crazy. Just you've you take off your headset, you're dripping sweat, uh, but it, <laughs> but you feel you feel awesome. Yeah, no. So uh, I got I got to give Sirento VR. If you have an Oculus uh, set, I I think it's also on Vive. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I totally recommend this game. It's really worth ch- uh, checking out. The cost of entry is not high. Sometimes you might see it on a free free weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, g- give it a shot. I, the you. Once you get over the sort of learning curve beginning beginning bit, um, it just feels like nothing else. Like the flow is so good, just feels so good. So yeah, high rating. Right, and and do you remember how much it cost? Because VR games kind of carry that premium. Thirty bucks. Price. Okay, and is it like yeah. a is it a long game? Is it an arena game? You said it was. It's a probably story. about like doing the campaign is about like five hours or whatever. It's, it's not, but yeah. but then there's there's a zillion modes in terms of like you know online daily challenges or endless horde modes or and you can add all sorts of modifiers it's like one of those games where like you can play a level or then you can add all these difficulty modifiers to it like enemies do double damage if you take one hit you're dead or like you can add a bunch of that sort of stuff there's also loot in the game Hmm. um and it's the same sort of like you know diablo uh white blue orange for legendary you know type you could add to your swords you can add to your guns you can do all that that sort of stuff uh so that's i I didn't really care about the loot honestly i didn't even screw around with it until i was pretty far um it's not really mandatory but it it adds a little something and it it adds that incentive to add those modifiers to your levels to make it harder Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's uh it's 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 sweet man like it is a really really cool uh vr game and again, gets zero attention. Like I no. get it; it's in early access. It's not like officially launched, right? But like, I mean, it's 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 criminal to me that these games and these experiences aren't being uh, given to the masses. Um, you know, there's probably nine podcasts talking about Spider-Man today. That's an under under Oof. low ball number. Uh, but uh, but there's 
very probably very few talking about uh, Sirento VR. So I mean, it's just um, these are they're hidden gems that you wanna you wanna unearth. Anyway, mm-hmm. I talked for a big chunk there. You're playing some more mainstream stuff. Oh yeah. Tell me about some. Tell me about some of that stuff. Well, no, I I think it's it's really interesting that you bring VR to the table. I do have an access to an Oculus. I actually played around with an Oculus Go pretty recently, the the more handheld, uh, built-in unit, and it actually has like a you know a 3D space pointer that comes with it, but not to the point where you're 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 having two of them in your hands, right? Uh, I still haven't gotten the touch controllers. I'm kind of waiting to see if they go on sale. I think I purchased. We purchased the yeah. We purchased the Oculus Rift before the touch controllers were out. That's how early of an adopter we were when we picked this thing up. So I have access to one. I just haven't had a chance to play with it. And really, there aren't a lot of games worth playing in VR without the touch controllers. No, that's I, it, I 100% agree. And honestly, I would have very little interest in VR if it was not for the touch controllers. Yeah. So uh, well, that offers yeah, a new yeah. level of immersion. So I. I think I will probably jump on them. Maybe if they go on sale at some point, I'm hoping maybe around Boxing Day, we'll they'll get like even if they were 25 bucks off, I think that'd be enough because they are I think 150 for two touch controllers. And that's Canadian. I could be wrong. It could be more expensive. I, as soon as you try them, you're a massive convert. Like it, I've had so many people try this stuff, and mm-hmm. they they just go they just go nuts. And I remember when the original Wii came out, mm-hmm. and uh, people were talking about oh motion controls, and and a lot of folks were talking about like a great Star Wars game with a lightsaber. Oh, mm-hmm. you can have like one to one sword fighting, and then they added the Wii Motion Plus during the end of the life cycle. And I, I, I remember for Wii Sports Resort, it worked a lot better. Uh, but it's just funny because when I get in VR and I pull out my two swords with my two touch controllers and they're completely like one-to-one, I can turn them in my hand and look at all the inscriptions on the blades and like just go nuts with them. It just makes you realize I'm like, wow, everything that I dreamed of with the Wii is now here, but nobody is talking about it. But the real question is, can you fight on Woohoo Island? (laughs) I don't know, but probably (laughs) it's on PC. You could mod it. (laughs) <laughs> probably okay well then i'm 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 closer to to being in but uh i did want to talk about a bit about more battle for azeroth stuff as everybody knows i've been playing for the last uh month and warfronts launched this tuesday which was something i was very interested in now unfortunately the way it's been set up uh i haven't been able to experience it uh right away because what happens is it's this new mode that's very much based on the rts ground roots of of world or of warcraft that's cool yeah it's it's really it sounds really neat on paper but i have only been able to experience it through like the dev insight videos so what it is is that it's a a four-part sort of setup and that the first part in which the alliance i'm playing as alliance uh the alliance controls the zone and that means you get like 10 quests and the opportunity to fight the world boss, which which drops a bunch of gear. And there are a bunch of rare mobs as well that drop gear as well. So it's basically a gear and, and gear grind, but the quests do provide a good amount of, of rewards and resources. That being said, the quests are very mundane. Kill 20 of these, kill 20 of these, kill 20 of these. I don't think there was one that it was any different. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. And that was the first day that it unlocked on Tuesday. And I was expecting, like, okay, like, something interesting will happen. And, and no, basically the Horde the horde on the opposite side are collecting resources. So I don't know what their side looks like. Jocelyn will be able to speak more about that. I know if you listen to 4 Azeroth, uh, she'll probably talk a bit about it or has talked about it. 
Uh, but basically, after the horde collects their resources and unlocks a scenario in which they can queue for a 20-person PvE experience where you're building up your defenses and your base to take over and assault the enemy base, and then that switches things over where then the horde control the, uh, the, the zone and get the quests and the world boss, and then the alliance have to collect resources, and it's rinse-repeat. Um, so effectively... Uh, my subscription from for one month has has lapsed, and uh, when last I checked, over two days, the horde had collected about fifty percent of resources or something like that. So it took two days. It's been taking them two days to kind of get to that point. So I don't imagine the alliance will get to experience it, the proper scenario, for another couple weeks. I could be wrong. I could be doing the math or crunching the numbers wrong, but it's um, I don't know if I should be complaining that the game kind of has it has these really weird issues where it presents you with all this stuff to do all this story content and it's like hey you love the warcraft story experience it here i got like two weeks of great solid storytelling i got to 120 i completed all the zones i did some of the quests posts completing the zones and i finally got to the point where it's like okay you saved the main chick uh, she's now on your team. Everything's golden. Now you got to go do. Oh, we're under attack. Go do the dungeon. I go to try to do the dungeon as I would any other dungeon by queuing for looking for group, and I go to find it. Not there. It's the siege of Boralus or something, and it's not there. So I'm like, well, how the hell do I get into this dungeon? So I look at it. It's only available in mythic difficulty, which is like you have to grind up your level, your eye level to 330 or something. And I'm only at 305. And I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, it's super easy. You just do this, then this. It's like, I don't have that kind of time. Uh, I could barely grind my rep for 7th Legion to, to unlock the rest of the story quest. So I'm just, I know this isn't new to Warcraft, but this is why I always fall off a month in, two months in. I just, I don't want to grind the same quest over and over again to get new content that really isn't even that interesting like the war campaign stuff just has not been doing it for me i i've i like it a bit but in comparison to the main campaign it's just not as it's not as solid uh it's, so it's interesting but not as solid just what, what i don't um like as somebody who's never played world of warcraft perfect it um like when you say you know like i know they've upped the level cap yeah. I get that when you're like, oh, I've I, I've I got my guy up to one one what is it one ten now one twenty, one twenty. I got my guy. Were you were you like, when you say got your guy up to that, you were starting with a character that was already at like, one ten one, yeah. So you would max them at the last or max them at the last, at the last expansion. So somebody's if somebody's brand spanking new to World of Warcraft, and I get it that these expansions are mostly to to engage the base and get new new folks in and stuff like that do i have to literally play through every single previous expansion to get to this expansion no you uh when you buy so right now when you when you buy world of warcraft you you can buy battle for azeroth pay for a subscription and i i believe that gives you access to the entirety of world of warcraft however when you purchase battle for azeroth it will give you a boost to 110. So you can use that boost on any character you create. Um, and you can do some trial stuff and you know try a class at a high level and, and then boost it. So you have the opportunity to skip all that old world content uh, so, on your but, first go. But like imagine like if I was playing a, a game that, say, I, I buy for my 
for my console. Let's say I get the new Dragon Quest game just came out, right? Mm-hmm. So say say new Dragon Quest comes out, and they're like, oh yeah, and here's a pass, and you can skip to level ninety, right off, and all that. Well, it's kind of like, as a new player, why would you do that? Like if I started playing World of Warcraft, I'd be mm-hmm. like, well, I guess I'll play it from the beginning, you know? Like, <laughs> I, like I I'm I think you're. You're you're close, but really it'd be like buying Dragon Quest Eleven, and getting a pass uh, included with it to skip Dragon Quest One through Ten. Really, when you're buying Dragon Quest Eleven, you are experiencing Dragon Quest Eleven. You're not experiencing all of Dragon Quest. Hmm. So with World of Warcraft, okay. when you get that level boost, you are choosing to skip content. But theoretically, that content is is content that could be anywhere from one years one year old to 10 years old there's stuff in the game that hasn't been touched since since launch so skipping on your first go around is probably a good idea because it it skips you right to the content that is that is meaningful and and the most polished uh that being said once you once you skip through you can always go back with a level one and experience it all from the beginning but i go ahead so is there a like if you went to a zone okay Mm -hmm. In in Warcraft, that like you said, there's some areas that haven't been touched or whatever hmm. uh, since the beginning. Like I would imagine, all the players are in these new zones, like the new the uh, the Battle for Azeroth zones. So like if you go to these like maybe Burning Crusade era zones or whatever, like is there like no no players there? Is it pretty uh, much a, a ghost town? I. You know, I'm not sure. They they introduced this new tech, and I think it's only in the newer expansions. It's like it's like a shard system where you are on a shared cloud server where you can it populates with characters across realms. Uh, but I don't know if that that transfers over to older zones. So theoretically, yes, you would it would be a ghost town. Um, but in that process, you're leveling so quickly. They, they've tuned the level progress that you wouldn't really be having a hard time unless you were really overextending yourself. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think for me, like, like all expansions, it's kind of fallen off, but I know people for, for the hardcore fans who are just stoked because the new raid launched as well. And it's like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to take some time away from it because I've been playing some other games and September is just a monster month for video games this uh, this month. Uh, and we'll get to, to more of that in a bit. But I'm just, I'm looking forward to trying Warfronts when I get an opportunity to play what, what is actually Warfronts with the, you know, the resource gathering and the building of bases and, and you know, setting up your attacks and defenses. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, I'm just not not super impressed with the rep grind and the gating of story behind, you know, mechanics and and rep and it's just it's just not fun, you know. It's no, I I, I uh, when I people describe this stuff to me like in 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 MMOs and I worked on an MMO way way back when hmm. and uh, it, I, so it's I, your I, fault is what you're saying. Oh yeah, entirely blame rep, it on me. Rep grind is your fault. But I don't. I chose. I choose now, essentially, not to play them. Although I've never played World of Warcraft, which is the big sort of. You should play World of you know, Warcraft. It's a lot of fun. Um, well, but see now it's like, look, I got two kids in a family. Why would I start playing World of Warcraft now? It feels like it's <laughs> hey, the worst if I time. can do it, you can do it. <laughs> 
No, but you you've done all you have your one ten level dude, you know, like I if I came in now and like imagine if I start playing now and I'm like, wow, this is the greatest game ever. <laughs> I would feel like an idiot. I wasted all these years where I couldn't be playing it. So And I'm, then I'll get I'm not, uh, and then I'll get a Facebook message from your wife saying, like, what have you done? You bastard. Why couldn't you have just got him into heroin? Uh, it would have been faster. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, well, let's let's uh, I, I, I did want to quickly touch on uh, speaking of other games that have come out that are kind of going to seep up some attention before tomorrow. Uh, Destiny Forsaken, the newest. They don't call it expansion. I'm going to call it an expansion because their other stuff is just glorified DLC. But Forsaken is a big major component added to the Destiny 2 game. It completely adds a whole new story and uh, some new modes and stuff. There's a new PvE VP uh, mode. So player versus environment versus player game. And it's 4v4. But it's kind of like... It's kind of like... Think of it this way. There are two disc you know, disconnected arenas where you and three other players are facing off against, you know, uh, reoccurring or respawning enemies. So like, oh, there's a bunch of cabal at the base, go take them out. And as you take out those enemies, you're collecting these moats. And then those moats, re- you lose all those moats if you were to, if you were to die, like if the enemies were to kill you. What are um, moats money? Uh, just like, I don't know, a number XP? that goes up. Moats are like uh, symbols or little pieces of light you collect. Uh, it doesn't matter what they are, but what you do with them is that once you collect a certain amount, you deposit them into your bank, and basically the goal is to fill your bank and then summon a major boss and then kill that boss and you win the round. Uh, that sounds simple enough, but there are these uh, blockers that come in. So every time you bank between you know five, ten, fifteen moats, that spawns a blocker on the other side. So if you, if you say deposit 10 uh, moats, you're going to spawn a medium blocker, which is a tougher enemy that the enemy team in the other arena need to take out before they can deposit moats, therefore progressing to summoning the, the final boss. Uh, there are also abilities to summon or warp yourself to the enemy base and vice versa, and then kill and disrupt their uh, PvE uh, progression. It's it's really cool, uh, cool idea, and I, I look forward to getting more into it because it... it it really does sound more up my alley than than just the PvP. I'm terrible at PvP. Uh, so, do you play with strangers then, like uh, on your team? Like you're four, you're in a strike team or whatever. Uh, so yeah. Four of... Like I, I use like right now I'm playing with strangers because I I don't think any of my friends. Yeah. I've noticed one thing about Destiny Two is when Destiny Two launched on PC, a lot of people were playing it, uh, but I haven't noticed as big an uptake on Forsaken. Uh, I remember. Destiny 2 was like all my friends were playing it on my battle.net list. But with Forsaken, it's been a ghost town. Maybe that's Battle for Azeroth. It's just taking people's attention away. I do have a lot of people on my friends list that play WoW. So to be expected. It, it could be, but I, Destiny 2's taken a major fallout in terms of uh, yeah. interest across all, all consoles. And I think Forsaken was hopefully going to revive some of that interest but i know that a, a, a lot of the hardcore destiny nuts seem to have be more fond of the first game than they are, are of the uh the sequel they're all kind of they all have their problems um i really didn't i i enjoyed destiny one and taking king for what it was but i really didn't like the dlc and and uh the the second 
larger piece of content they released. I think it was like Red Red Iron or something. It just didn't gel with my play style. But Forsaken is interesting. Like the story stuff's been cool. Um, Nathan Fillion isn't voicing Cade Six anymore, and and it's right there in the in the uh, marketing materials. Like they kill off Cade Six, who is by far the best character in the entire game, and they just kill him. And it's like. I think wow. he's the only character that I know in that. And that in the little flying dude uh, that, uh, yeah. that uh, what's his face from Game of Thrones used to. Oh, well, it's Nolan voice. North now. Yeah, Peter Dinklage uh, did it, and then they, they cut him out of that game. But basically, Nolan North took over for Cade 6. So there are a lot of moments where Nolan North is like word sparring with Nolan North. And it's we've come full circle where they just didn't, didn't get Nathan Fillion, so they got Nolan North to do Cade 6. It was... It's a bit so much. Is is Nolan North? Here's one of the the things is I I quite enjoy me some Nolan North, but generally he does, you know, Drake's voice and slight different intonations of Drake's voice from Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's not like Troy Baker that's doing completely different voices often. Uh, it's it's generally like Drake's voice, um, and so is when you say it's Nolan North talking to Nolan North, is, is he putting on any, like what's the differentiating the two voices here? Uh, well, Cade six is his best Nathan and Fillion, Nathan Fillion impression. Uh, okay. the ghost is just him, but a little more upbeat, uh, a little quicker. So they do some okay. voice modulation. It, you know, put them side by side. You might not actually tell it's the same person, oh, but okay. knowing it's Nolan North, you, you kind of, you pick it, right out of the line yeah, yeah okay i i find that generally i can tell there was a what was his name the voice actor that drove me nuts is it cam clark he was leonardo on ninja turtles when i was a kid but he's essentially at one point was in every single friggin video game imaginable uh and and i just like i always knew it didn't matter if he was putting on an accent it didn't matter what he was doing i knew it was him and it drove me nuts and i hated his voice and i was just like oh god i hate this voice actor so much and it felt like it felt like you know he's a voice actor but it just felt like me being a voice actor like putting on voices but sounding exactly the same (laughs) hello i'm uh, I'm leonardo i'm also leonardo you're like no, you're still cropped, and I can hear you. I'm like aha, but but so Nor- Nolan North is of that school. I find like the, it always sounds like him, so that's why I was curious. But at the same time, I actually like the sound, like like his voice, so mm-hmm. it doesn't drive me nuts. Well, I, I mean, I like Nolan North as well, and I'm I, I mean, he's not Cade Six for long. Like I, again, this is not a spoiler because the trailers are just like, yep, he's dead. So I mean, a spoiler would just say like how the story progresses i haven't got past like the second mission it's honestly been a a busy week but a uh, busy two weeks uh, i guess because uh, i wasn't here last week but um yeah i'm looking forward to playing more forsaken although there might be a game coming out tomorrow that will certainly uh get in the way of that progress but before we talk about that I would love to know. You got a couple other quick cuts here you wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. And it goes to this sort of what I was saying earlier. Like, I just want to highlight a couple of things that kind of fly under the radar and and, and that I've been appreciating lately. Bottom line is we're going to talk about Spider-Man later. I'm just, like, counting down to Spider-Man. And so I've been trying not to bite into anything too long. Like, since I finished God of War, I've tried not to get into anything too too long um and so i've been playing like overwatch matches and i've been playing um 
uh, what do you call it, uh, Mario Odyssey with my daughter and stuff like that. Um, but uh, but a couple of quick cuts I just wanted to highlight real quick. I have a, a weak spot, if you will, Ryan, for adventure games. Like I didn't have a Nintendo growing up, so I played a lot of these uh, point-and-click adventures by Sierra and LucasArts. And uh, to me... From a narrative point of view, they had the best stories. Like when you compare, Mario had amazing gameplay, but like, no offense to Peach being trapped in various castles, uh, the story wasn't exactly super compelling. Whereas the PC games were sort of way ahead in that regard, especially these adventure games, which were all about puzzle solving. Like you'd get inventory items, you use them to solve stuff, whatever. Anyway. There's this company, um, Wadjet Eye Games, that has hmm. been putting out sort of uh, retro-style um, adventure games using even VGA-style graphics for um, the iPad as well as PCs and, and that sort of thing. Um, the games, prominent games they've done uh, are Gemini Rue, uh, Techno Babylon. Uh, there's... They have one that just came out that I'm really interested in called The Unavowed. Um, and they have this series that I never actually played about this ghost uh, uh, that uh, and and um, called the Bla the Blackwell series. Like there's uh, there's about five games in this series. Um, and anyway, one one of the the games, um, the Wadjet Eye games, is this game called Kathy Rain, which I saw for sale for three dollars on. Um, on uh, the good old games is having a sale right now. I encourage people to check it out. They have like rotating sales. Steam mm. gets a lot of attention for its sales, but I find they haven't been that great lately. And GOG has some pretty, pretty Hot take. Take that steam. Yeah. No, I steam sales. I have gotten shitty lady lately. Anyway, um, uh, the, <laughs> the cat, Kathy, Kathy rain was there for three bucks. And I was like, Oh man, you know, like the style looks good. And like, it's really redundant in terms of, um, a lot like it's very much an homage to the first Gabriel Knight game, which I was a massive fan of as a kid. Gabriel Knight, since the fathers, and it's um, and it's also very much in the vein of Twin Peaks, and there's some big Twin Peaks type stuff. So it's it's not like super original, but it, it's sort of like um, comfort food for the soul. Like uh, it's like eating chicken noodle soup or something mm. like the voice acting is pretty good it's pretty fun so i've been i've been actually enjoying it and i think i'm pretty close to the end so like let's see if i'll finish it before i get spider-man probably not but uh but uh yeah and and speaking of retro stylings of graphics i've also been playing celeste on mm. on, on the wii uh the wii the, the switch. switch what's a wii, the wii. come on but it's essentially like you know it, it it's hot like the Wii was, so it's easy to get the mix. But um, the Switch, the Switch, I've, I'm playing uh, Celeste on, and uh, it it is a game that's been getting like ten on tens mm -hmm. and really hyped and all that sort of stuff. And I, I don't know how far I'm in on it, but it's good. But it's not as amazing as all these reviews uh, had me thinking that it would be. It was right. kind of a. Uh, it's like Super Meat Boy in that it's like one of these platformers where you die over and over and over and over and over. You yeah. Know? I so. I was really tempted to pick up Celeste on, on the Switch because I felt like it looked beautiful. And I again, I was I was reading the reviews and people were even saying the story is very, very deep and, and uh, engaging. 
I don't know. Maybe those weren't words. It's been a while that no, I... No, no. The reviews did say that. I'm okay. just not at the point where that's kicked in yet. Right. You know? so, and, and, but one thing that kind of shied me away from it was the fact that it was very... This is a Super Meat Boy. You're not punished by controlling your character wrong. You're just punished because you have to get the, the timing right. It's always... It's about you. It's not the game. It's you. And for me, it's like, well, that's great and all, but like, I have a limited amount of time to play video games, and I kind of want to have fun and it's hard to have fun when i'm being uh not punished but just kind of like well you're you you can get like it's screen by screen so you can get all the way through a room Mm -hmm. like you know and then die and then you have to redo the entire room and it 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 definitely i i hear what you're saying and i I would say if you do consider getting it get it on the switch and not like a pc or whatever just because like you can it's it's a good game to like have in portable mode and like Mm -hmm. you know go around with be on the john with i don't know true i mean if you got some long john type scenarios where you're gonna need uh you're gonna need some entertainment but i i I have been looking at maybe picking up another smaller indie download for for the switch and and i've seen a lot of them going on sale like i saw axiom verge went on sale i saw hollow knight went on sale do you Um, have dead so do you have dead cells i picked it up on pc i haven't had a chance to talk about it on on the show uh since it's it's official uh you know release um but I imagine it's amazing on Switch. Like, well, the problem, my problem is it with Switch is the double purchase thing, right? The the idea of like I own stuff on Steam, mm-hmm. do I buy it a second time to have it on Switch? And the only game that has really pushed me pushed me to the limits of that so far has been Dead Cells. Okay, where I'm like. I'm like, it's just a little too expensive on Switch, but I, I'm really like, as soon as that goes on sale, I'm like, I'm going to double oh, buy that game. It goes on sale. I'm there right away because I, I have it on, on Steam and, and I'm comfortable with that. But I think having it on a, a platform that you can take with you, like I don't own a laptop. I, I mean, I have a MacBook, which, you know, goes to say I don't have a gaming laptop. Um, so when I travel or I'm, you know, I'm uh, out on vacation, I'm not bringing my Steam collection with me. I'm bringing my Switch or my 3DS or my phone. Um, so that's where, or my tablet. So that's kind of where the disconnect there is. If, I, if I'm if i traveling and I want to play a game like that, I need to have it on the Switch or, or whatever. So I, I think that you're right. Like the double purchase, it's tough. It's expensive. But um, yeah, there are games that are, I- they're going to qualify for that. I actually just want to take a minute to shame Nintendo. Oh, okay, perfect. Uh, I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's shaming them per se. Is I think that they're resolving the situation. But do you remember with the Xbox, the red uh, 360, the red ring of death that everybody had? Like, do you remember okay. that? Like, it was yeah. A, a manufacturer's error. Well, there's a big manufacturer's error with the Switch, and it and I've experienced it now, which is okay. the um, the left uh, thumbstick, the left Joy-Con. Um, it it uh, in wireless mode, i.e., anything where it's not like clicked onto the side, like okay. PSP. Um, it it drifts, so Mario will sort of walk by himself in one direction and all that. And uh, apparently, this is a known issue. I've been researching uh, uh, researching it, and Nintendo will like if I contact them and stuff, they will they will send uh, like I have to send them my Joy Cons, and they will s- send me new ones. 
um, they're, they're, it's a hardware issue in which they have to make a small change to the hardware. I just want people to know that this is a thing that is fairly widespread. People aren't really talking about it on the games media because everybody is so over the moon about Switch. I remember uh, it was a big deal at launch. Um, I'm surprised yeah. you you were affected by it since they said like okay from here on out and it's not the switch it's the le- it is the physical left Joy-Con I think it was yeah. they took it apart and they saw what they changed and I think it was just a, a, a you know they they were they needed to add sort of a I don't know what you would call it but like a cover to one of the components to shield it they, from some interference they add this little piece of uh, of foam that has like uh, electrical. Uh, current can go through and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. to shield one of the sensors yeah no it's um i got my switch about uh, in july so you know fairly fairly mm. recently uh and they hadn't made that change uh, they haven't made that change yet and the fact that i'm experiencing it is very frustrating i tell you when you play uh, a game where you're playing two players like mario i so right now my daughter plays with one the hat with one of the controllers and i I take the shitty one to play Mario. So you don't course, have a pro controller then? No. Oh, okay. So I'm I might not, I might have the same issue. I just haven't noticed it because I I'm normally playing with the with the pro controller, which are expensive. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying go out and buy one to solve this issue. Uh, so just a question about the pro controller. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you know like when you get the Switch, they give you that sort of controller dock, and you can slide in the two the two joy cons and it makes kind of a controller yeah like how that seems pretty good like what what is the pro controller really that much better than that have you ever used a, an xbox one controller well you have the playstation 4 right so like yeah, yeah. i would say to... yeah so there's an xbox 360 controller i would say that if you would compare what it feels like to use an xbox one or xbox 360 controller to the joy con uh controller that's the yeah. difference is that you have a yeah. you have a better analog stick you have better you have better triggers like stuff like that so i think i think it's worth it but it is pricey in canada it's about a hundred dollar controller so you gotta yeah, really that's crazy it's the times man like that's kind of where we where we're at i guess like uh but you yeah. only need one i would only purchase one i i, I don't plan on, on purchasing another no matter what emblems they throw yeah. on it but um we we uh, we're gonna have to move on here because we got some news stories that I do want to get to because I know you've got sure. some opinions on this stuff. But I do want to thank the patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/TheGamersIn for supporting the show directly. So if you want to join fine patrons, like our next uh, patron ad is sponsored by, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/TheGamersIn. Your help is greatly appreciated. This patron ad comes from Simon. Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. Your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, uh, join them as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. Find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. Brings us into our next uh, segment, Odds and Ends. A bunch of quickfire news here because we've got some headlines that I'm going to throw at you and we're going to get some hot takes. Uh, Henry Cavill will be Netflix's Geralt in the Witcher series. Thoughts on... Sir Superman playing Sir Geralt. So first thing, Witcher 3, one of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. I actually really care about about this sort of thing. Uh, I would likely watch the, the Witcher series. Um, 
I, I've always felt that, that whoever they got to play him wouldn't actually be the most tough acting job in the world. He's a uh, he's essentially a I don't want to say a blank slate, but he's very, you know, Oh, Geralt is is not the not the most you know he's he's just an old man who can swing a sword and and he's not he he's he's gruff he's yes. he's he's strong he's he's a strong character and he's gruff but he's not he's not he's not the king of personality you know no and, and so like so henry cavill's t- perfect he just yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it and hair and makeup will take care of the rest and as i tweeted i think to you yeah. i was just saying my only concern when they get a guy who is in both the mission impossible series and the the justice league and, and superman series and you're saying okay now he's going to be on a netflix exclusive television i i granted miniseries my concerns are about this guy's schedule because Mm -hmm. if i like this witcher show i don't want them to then be like well we can't make the next one forever because henry cavill's not available you know yeah i think i think and and i think my rebuttal to that was like you kind of look at it being like a sherlock type scenario where you got martin freeman and benedict cumberbatch two of the busiest people uh at working actors um in terms of their schedules, especially Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, you you look at those folks and you look at Sherlock and be like, yeah, you're going to look at two years in between each series, sometimes even more, to the point where they said, like, this is our final series because it's just so damn hard to get these guys together. So if they cast the rest as unknowns and and go from there, you kind of have, like, a blank slate to do whatever you want with this series and just work around Henry Cavill's schedule. Like, I, I mean, I know the guy's busy... But he can't be so busy that that they can't find a slot to get you know move him over to wherever they're shooting this. I think they're probably shooting it somewhere in New Zealand or something. Um, but I I think that it won't be a concern to me unless they start to add some other big names. Like I know people were throwing around Mark Hamill as like uh, the old dude, the older dude. What's his Vesemir? name? Vesemir. Yeah, Vesemir. It, people were like you know, uh, fan casting him. And, and, and if you, if you go that far and even Mark Hamill, like spoiler alert, he's not going to be, he's not going to be that busy from a star Wars perspective. I don't think, but, uh, maybe some soundstage stuff, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, but as like play devil's advocate on that, I would just hmm. say, uh, we've, we've established that, uh, Geralt of Rivia, not a hard acting job. <laughs> you could probably get anybody to do it. So why get a super famous dude that is hard to book? Like that is just my only my well, only because you know people who aren't huge Witcher fans are now talking about this series. Yeah, I guess that's. I right. mean, yeah. Netflix is you know if there's one thing Netflix knows how to do, it's it's how to take a name, attach it to a show that no one would would really care about, and then say like, hey, watch this show streaming on on Netflix, like. Some of their first projects, you know, we won't we won't name names or anything here, but some of their first projects were just like, this actor's involved, and you really like them, so you're gonna like like this series. Uh, I mean that that kind of backfired for Netflix, but uh, uh, it it will be interesting to see what they do here. But I think, and I kind of gave him. I haven't seen Henry Cavill in anything other than Superman, so maybe I'm not looking at his his best his best work and he has these moments in, in playing superman where i'm like okay he's 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 doing a good job here but i think gerald of rivia will be interesting to see on the small screen 
So I look forward to that in the near future. I think this is like a 2019, 2020 thing. Like, I think they're, they haven't even, from the sounds of it, it sounds like they haven't even finished writing it yet. So it's, it, I don't know. It seems pretty far off. So we'll see. Um, have you ever played any of the, uh, have you ever, well, I shouldn't say any of, I should say, have you ever played Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning? I actually have played that game. Cool. Well, does it make you excited that the people behind those games had a pretty big, like, pretty big bankruptcy scandal and went away in a very public way to the point where, like, we are probably not going to see any more Amalur stuff, Reckoning or the Copernicus MMO? Well, turns out THQ Nordic, which are the guys that have pretty much been buying up everything from THQ, including their name, uh, has picked up the rights to the Amalur IP, which includes Copernicus, the MMO, uh, to the point where I saw the press release and I think they were asking for contacts at EA saying like, hey, does anybody know EA? We need to we need to talk to those guys because, as you know, EA published Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. So no news other than the fact that they have the IP, but uh, Nordic Games, now known as THQ Nordic, has been known to re-released remasters of games to kind of fill their coffers you know like let's let's see what the interest is out there they did it with darksiders one and two uh and that and now we're getting darksiders three at the end of the year so we could possibly see a kingdoms of amalur reckoning remaster because this game actually came out on xbox 360 and ps3 so it it could I'm do sure with that'll little, happen oh pretty much next year guaranteed like i, I yeah. imagine we'll get a trailer at, at e3 and uh, it'll be a thing for for late summer, you know. Did you play Kingdoms of Amalur? I did, but honestly, I never really got far into it. It might have came out at a weird time, and and it might have been right around the point where the game came out, and then a month later, when I started to get really into it, they announced that basically, not nah, we're done, everything's yeah. going away. I I fired all our employees. It was like really heart wrenching. So, so I kind of stopped I... playing. I didn't get so far. I got far enough. Some of the complaints about it was that it felt like an MMO, except that you, you were alone. You, know, you were alone, so there, there's issues there. But uh, my my big thing of what what I enjoyed about Kingdom of Amalur is is um, they really really n- nailed the combat, which is in a game where where you're like grinding and and, and you know taking out dudes and stuff like in, in an RPG setting like. You've got to kill five rats or whatever you do in RPGs. The, the combat was inspired from the first two sort of God of War games. So, like, really felt good to play. Like, felt like an action game. Felt really awesome. Um, awesome to play. And when you look at games like Skyrim, if, say what you will about them. They're amazingly immersive worlds. But, man, they're not. Like, the combat is kind of junk. Like, it's really not that great. Um, in Kingdom of Amalur, that that it really nailed that that element of it. Unfortunately, to me, it didn't really nail anything else. And they had like R. A. Salvatore, who was a you know famous writer. They have uh, Todd McFarlane, famous comic and, and designer, came in to do a lot of the creative. But the creative I found was really bland. I can't remember 
anything about the world. It was not so like the idea that they're renewing the IP. Mm-hmm. The IP isn't the controls or the gameplay. Anybody could make a game that plays well or that has you know action and all that. That's the part I'm excited about. I'm not excited about Amalur, the world. Like I don't I don't care about that at all. I just mm-hmm. care about how that game played, and I'd like to see more RPGs play like that. Well, see, this is where THQ Nordic does a really good job, is that they're very good at taking these IPs that had a, I would I would say safely, a a, a, a good interest in. You know, Kingdoms of Amalur was an IP that I think a lot of people were interested in just from the pedigree of the folks involved. So they've been very good at picking up these mid, mid-level tier IPs. They're not quite Skyrim, but they're not like... Uh, well, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but they're like they're there. Uh, uh, you know, they're known by people, but they're not. They're not like. Well, if they were blowing things out of the water, they probably would still be around and not have to be picked up by THQ Nordic. But it's interesting that they're picking it up, and I know they're going to do it justice because they don't buy this stuff unless unless they have a plan for the IP. So they they're not ones now they will go to a fire sale like they'll do that they did it with thq but they're usually pretty good to um to notice when something has potential and i really think this isn't they they wouldn't have made a big deal of this if it was if it was just a hey we got this ip we don't know what we're doing with it like they have a plan they're clearly passionate about bringing these reviving old properties and i think there are a lot of folks that worked on kingdoms of amalur that might you know be able to come back and help out i mean that's that's what they've done a lot with uh, with other games that they've 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 picked up and developed is they're being developed by by past developers of those franchises. So, all right, well, Ryan, uh, yes. How much time do how much time do we have? You've got three minutes to talk about Spider Man. I want to know why you're so excited for Spider Man. Obviously, we're going to be talking a lot about Spider Man uh, next week after I have a chance to play it. But I want to know you've written in all caps. Please don't scream. But I want to know Spider Man. <laughs> It's a countdown on your television. Why is that written in all caps? Uh, Because I'm so damn excited. Okay, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man is, in popular culture, the fictional character that I have been the most invested in in my like throughout my entire life. So when I was a kid, I was really into Spider-Man. Superheroes weren't what they are now. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched the old 1960s TV show. My mom had to drive to like Montreal to find me a Spider-Man action figure uh, for Christmas because that's all I wanted and there weren't any at that time. Um, and uh, like I have been really big into Spider-Man. So when a Spider-Man video game comes out, mm-hmm. for me, it is an event. Like it has always been an event. And I am always sort of day one on a lot of a lot of these games. Um, when was so the last I, one that you would have? So the, no. So I, I, I faded. I faded near the end. Um, the last one was uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, to, to coincide with the Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie. It was made by Beanox, and Activision had a deal mm. with Beanox. They made about four Spider-Man games. And some of those duration. were good. I remember playing the... Shattered Dimensions was the I liked one that, that was... One. That received uh, a lot of uh, positive praise. But here's the, here's the thing. Shattered Dimensions was kind of like a throwback to the like level-by-level level game uh, that, say, ne- the Neversoft uh, games were at the, at the beginning of the 2000s. But, but the game that I think we all want or that we all secretly want is the open-world Spider-Man 2-esque uh, game where you can swing everywhere. Oh, yeah, uh, Spider-Man 2. 
so good. But but the thing, Spider-Man Two was almost good in spite of itself because it was a movie tie-in game, and mm-hmm. it was a it was rushed out the door to meet the movie. The graphics sucked then; they suck really badly now. I don't a even want about, to go back. I don't even want to know what it looks. I like. tried one time, and it it wasn't pretty, man. Like and and like the story sucks. The voice acting, even with got the 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 movie actors phoning it in, like it's just it. You know, a lot of it was bad. It's just that they nailed this one thing so well, which was the web swinging. And I, I, tying it back to Sirento VR that I mentioned earlier, like the graphics are bad there, but it feels so good to play. This was exactly the same deal. Spider-Man 2 felt so good to play. So then in the blackout periods and Spider-Man has been in the dark dark world of shitty games uh batman has been enjoying like triple a quality heart and soul games by rocksteady i have been a huge fan of those games and i just keep thinking to myself god why did somebody not do that to spider-man mm-hmm. and so um and they did so it. now it's happening it's happening like everything is happening and i'm just like oh god so like a lot of the reviews are like you know 8.5 or 9 that are that come out and it drives me nuts that all these people are already playing it but uh but i, I know that means that for me it's probably going to be a 15 out of 10 you know like it, it's it's like it's just it's my nerd stripe it's what i spider-man games are my jam and this looks to be the best one so I've pre-ordered it. It's the first video game I've ever pre-ordered in my life. It's now downloaded on my PS4. There's a big timer on my screen that says at midnight the game will unlock. But because I'm a good parent, I'm going to friggin' go to bed and only play it tomorrow. God damn it. Yeah. Well, uh, and you have a you have a 4K television. Uh, yes. But you don't have a PS4 Pro, or do you? No. And this is a this is a question that I, I you know like I would. Ask your listeners to to clarify for me because um, the PS4, the regular PS4, um, when the PS4 Pro launched, acquired the capability to do HDR, high dynamic, whatever range. lighting, range lighting, and uh, and so for example, God of War and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, two games I played recently that have HDR, look literally amazing, like. I can't imagine them looking any better. The HDR is so crazy good, mm-hmm. and it looks so good on my screen that I'm just like, why would I get a PS? Like, why would I get a PS4 Pro? I just I don't get it. So, um, yeah, it, you know, I, it's only the 4K, I guess, but it looks 4K anyway. Like, I don't I don't know. It's hard to. I think like I think you'd notice the difference if you had a PS4 Pro, and, and but there are so few games. There's like maybe two games a year that really push push it to the limits. But I think it's not the PlayStation Four. This is just my my opinion. I, I don't know if it's actually like yeah. fact or, or or fiction, but my guess is that it's your television that's bringing the best out of the PlayStation Four and out of the way they've crafted that game. Um, yeah, it looks but amazing. It doesn't matter. Like if it if it looks great. I mean, I'm jealous. I have my I have my TV here. Like, basically, we don't have another room to put that one if we were to buy another one. So it's like, well, when that one dies, you know, I have yeah. two kids. I keep instructing them to, you know, you destroy know, it. Just you know, like gently. No, just kidding. Do not. Here's a bunch of Wiimotes. 
<laughs> well, they all have condoms on it. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> but I think that uh, I I I'm looking forward to Spider Man as well, and, and I think even on a 1080p screen, it'll it'll still be fun. But oh yeah, for sure, it's uh, gonna feel so good. Like Spider Man Two looked like ass, but was okay. so awesome. I can't wait. The swinging looks amazing. I love Insomniac games. I love Spider Man. Uh, but we'll probably have an opportunity to talk about Spider Man again in the near future because we have a, a podcast announcement to talk about right now uh i did a tease uh before we started recording <clears throat> which uh with the art for dungeons and diapers which is a new podcast with myself and crofton where we talk about uh it's not it's not a video game podcast so don't don't think i'm kind of like splitting my attention here with with gamers in gamers in will still always be the home for a majority of my video game talk However, Dungeons and Diapers is about, you know, two parents with now two kids each where we talk about sort of raising our kids, you know, family life and finding time for our hobbies. We'll often talk about, how, you know, uh, well, we've recorded two episodes. The first one is available right now on the website if you go to tgistudios.com slash dnd, d-n-d, uh, and yeah it'll soon be on itunes and google play maybe even by the time you listen to this so i highly encourage everybody to check it out i we have had a lot of fun working on it and to kind of illustrate what it's like to be trying to do new projects when you have uh kids and a family and other projects that you're working on i think we recorded the first episode in april (laughs) yeah yeah but it goes See, you didn't even have two kids how, at that point. No, I know. It, it's so it, we have two episodes like in the bank that we previously did, both yeah. of which are old now. However, um, I mean, from from now on, with the creative done, and, and yeah. honestly, it looks so awesome, Ryan. The oh. uh, the logo and everything. Uh, my wife was just commenting on how well it came together. But like, yeah, the, thank you. The i the idea, I think, for both of us is that that. I've always been flabbergasted by Ryan's ability to balance <laughs> a zillion podcasts, as Two, play a zillion three. games, do do a zillion uh, you know activities, go for a run, manage his kids, all that sort of stuff. So finding that balance uh, has been tough for me, especially with the arrival of my second kid. I think a lot of parents it's tough for too, um, but you want to enjoy your hobbies you want to carve out that time for mm-hmm. you yourself so ryan and i will be talking about like what the what our hobbies are how we make time for them as well as some of the crazy shit that our kids get into you know like uh and, and the experiences yeah. that that we have uh that we have along the way so i i'm really excited about it i uh i do one other podcast uh, the good bad uh, good bad or bullshit um with two of my meathead friends and that podcast is essentially always a random topic every week mm-hmm. we draw it and we discuss it so that's great and i love that um it, it really works the old brain muscles but at the same time it doesn't give me a tremendous amount of opportunity to talk about like what's going on for me personally mm-hmm. and, and how how that sort of reflects into a sort of a larger situation that a lot of people our age are going through right now so yeah like you're probably gonna we're gonna geek out about stuff you know you know movies i think the first episode we talk about you know infinity wars wasn't even out yet but we're gonna we talked about how i was planning to go see it and how it's a special setup in order to go to the go to the movies especially if if both myself and ashley are going so like we talk we talk about that but uh you know of course we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know our, our 
our experience with these products and, and entertainment, but we're all, we're mostly going to, we are also going to focus on, you know, just the stories around, you know, being able to do that. And, and really, uh, I think the best way to sum up this new podcast, Dungeons and Diapers, it's about balance, you know, balance and, you know, uh, family time and, and personal hobby time and stuff like that. So go to tgistudios.com slash DND. It's up right now. You can download and subscribe to the first episode there. And uh, I think we'll post the next episode in a couple weeks. And we're hoping, I think we're going to try to record like twice a month, you know, just to, to kick things off. Obviously, we're both very busy, but we'll definitely get a Spider-Man episode scheduled so we can we can get oh, some thoughts baby. out there. So looking forward to it. Uh, Crofton, thank you so much for being on the show again. I, I Thanks feel like for having me. You being on the show was was the you know the catalyst that got dungeons and diapers posted because it has been sitting in both of our queues for quite a while like i said we recorded the first episode in april so thank you so much for coming on where can the fine listeners find you on the internet they can find me at croft and steers on twitter it takes a little bit of work to figure out the spelling if they can do it though they will be rewarded by amazing tweets Mm. it's oh that's it yeah no it's true very amazing. Uh, oh well, I plug good, bad, or bullshit, but goodbadbull.com. Yeah. Um, and uh, at, if they want to get the latest episodes of Good Bad Bull, they can uh, bug Bo to post them to, to, to Twitter. <laughs> uh, at Good Bad Bull there, and uh, you can go on uh, on either iTunes or or uh, the Google Play Store or whatever and get to, uh, get Good Bad or Bullshit, and uh, that's a, it's a good show too. You should listen to that one as well. I really like Good, Bad, or Bullshit. I am not biased. I have been on one episode, and I have been campaigning to be on another. We just need to figure that out. Uh, so looking forward to that. You can follow. Uh, you can visit us on the website, uh, gamersinpodcast.com. Check out past episodes of this show. Go to tgistudios.com to see all of the different podcasts that Jocelyn and I do. You can check that out. Follow us on Twitter. You can find Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn, and also Crofton at Crofton Steers. Uh, the video versions of all our episodes will be streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin, and are available after the fact on Twitch. Email the show at info at gamersinpodcast.com and let us know what your thoughts are on the impending release of Spider-Man. Probably when you listen to this, you're already web slinging along so looking forward to hearing about that thank you so much for everyone tuning in and have a great weekend spider-man Woo!